Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily represent those of any organization, including One Generation Away. The freedom of a people to choose its leaders is the root of liberty. Keep alive this experiment in liberty. Liberty, in case you've forgotten, is the soul's right to breathe. Government should be very minimal in protecting liberty. Peace cannot be purchased at the cost of liberty. The sturdy ground of liberty. Liberty once lost is lost forever. Fight for their liberty and for our security. Guarantees individual liberty. This great republic born alone in liberty. 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 Just how much do you want liberty? This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. A production of LibertyNation.com. Cutting through the double talk, taking on the topics, going after what the politicians really mean, and making it all clear. For your freedom and your liberty, Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. It all seems so promising. They pushed Joe Biden across the finish line and into the Oval Office, held their majority, albeit a diminished one, in the House, and pulled into a last-minute tie and effective majority in the Senate. Democrats had won the trifecta, the Triple Crown, but now the best-laid plans of mice and progressives appear to be headed to a not-so-distant ditch. This president has laid down a record number of executive decrees with a stroke of a pen, but virtually every one of the lefts and Democrats, progressive or merely liberal legislative initiatives, other than the omnibus bill dressed up as a pandemic bailout, has died on the vine. Why has the left and the Democratic Party been unable to exploit their control of the White House and both branches of Congress to abolish the Senate filibuster and push through expanded voting rights, court packing, adding states, and a host of other left-wing proposals? And what does this mean for Republicans and conservatives? To help answer these questions, we bring in our latest power pack B&B panel. The best and brightest from LibertyNation.com. Editor-in-Chief Lisa K. Donner. Hi, Tim. Managing Editor Mark Angelides. Hi. And Legal Affairs Editor and Host of the Uprising Podcast, Scott Cosenza. Wait, just because we're doing panel, Tim, I don't lose the Guardian of Liberty title. Don't 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 do me like that, my friend. Come on. Well, it's a long show. I've still got time to drop <laughs> that right. one in. Fantastic. Don't be so don't don't be so impatient. All right. Now, Lisa, let's jump right in by laying the groundwork for this at least two year run of Democratic control of the presidency and Congress. In looking at just how successful the Democrats really were in 2020. Would you consider what happened in last November's election a mandate for the Democrats or something less? And why? Well, I I hardly think it was a mandate. I mean, there were significant losses in the House. There was a squeaker in the Senate. But a majority does have the onus on them to produce. Uh, You know, a tweet by AOC this week was telling. She's like, let's go, people. 
um, you know, we, we, we got to get this done. Well, the Dems are beginning to feel a little bit pressure. Tick tock, tick tock. You know, they rail against Joe Manchin, which I gather you're going to get into. But, you know, Trump had his own mansion. His name was John McCain. <laughs> so it's time to stop grumbling and put it put up a shut up. Her abuela needs that cash right away. Did you see the, the picture of the uh, of the condo? Willing to translate abuela for us. Oh, excuse me. I think actually the correct term now is abuelets. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's yeah. how you want to be really progressive. It's a grandmother in uh, in Spanish. I, I suspect that uh, it, AOC was trying to make a political point that that hugely backfired on her. For, for that she uh she ended up having to turn down donations i mean who would do that if people were offering to rebuild when there was clearly a situation that apparently has lasted three and a half years who would turn that down it, it's uh it's suspect to say the least for people who don't know this is a matt walsh uh political skullduggery move that is just great. He set up a GoFundMe campaign to give money to AOC's grandmother. And then she's forced to either say, I don't want the money, which is what what happened, in which case it renders the complaint that she's got a substandard living situation because of lack of funds moot, right? She wants the government to pay the money. That's the thing. And of course, it just lays bare the difference between socialism and the free market, which is that she needs a government check, not a personal check that yeah, somehow it's, it's not as good money. I want to see one of these people stroke a check, you know, yeah. to, to like people that they, you know, work for them. Well, let's not go overboard. Well, why should somebody who earns uh, over a hundred thousand dollars a year with a very lucrative career in media coming Right behind the time she gets removed from the uh, the New York uh, congressional seat, why should she have to take care of her grandmother? I mean, that's the state's job, surely, to look after the elderly. So, Mark, how many of the Biden voters do you believe were voting strictly against Donald Trump, no matter his opponent? Well, actually, that that's a that's that's a really fascinating question because. You have to consider whether they're voting against Trump the person or Trump the idea that has been put across by the media because they created this this monstrous beast called Donald Trump that represented white supremacy. He represented um, stamping on women's rights. He represented Russia in the White House, in the Oval Office, and they created this monster. So were they voting against Donald Trump, or were they voting against the uh, the idea of Donald Trump that was a media creation? Now, many of the uh, the allegations against him that he was put in by Russia, according to opposition research by Hillary Clinton, um, that turned out to be a lie. We've heard the uh, the fine people hoax that turned out to be a lie. Uh, most recently, we had the Lafayette Square clearance that apparently Donald Trump was responsible for. He, he cleared Lafayette Square of peaceful protesters so he could pose with a Bible. You know, that, I mean, that was a real dig against Christians. Look it, was, at how- it was almost as if they were saying like he was posing with a gun. Absolutely. Yeah, almost, I mean, that's almost like it was a particularly crafted message to hurt Trump's base of voters. Right. You know, it just wasn't one lie. It was a lie repeated over and over and over. 
And, you know, they just make this stuff up. I mean, you just have Before to- the truth gets its pants on. Right. Okay, so, Scott, mustn't progressives feel pretty much let down or let down a primrose path seeing little done on their agenda after they reluctantly got behind Biden because he was the only available alternative to Trump? Well, at one point, he became the only available alternative. I don't know that I agree that you know he was at the outset, but they were led down the primrose path uh, with all kinds of goodies uh, promised them. But it's uh, American is apple pie to be profoundly disappointed with uh, the people who are elected to office, whether you're a conservative, a libertarian or a progressive hating on them after they get in there and disappoint you seems to be uh, par for the course for all of us. Um you know, the uh, the big wish list items uh, haven't much come true yet, but we're still, you know, relatively speaking, new into this administration. So we'll have to see. But he's come out hard against guns uh, and all the kind of executive things that they can do, with the exception of immigration, I think. Um, so it's a mixed bag for for progressives. But grousing and being dissatisfied is certainly uh, as par for the course. So. God, I, I've got to disagree with you. I, I think that uh, progressives would be massively let down. I, I, I really do. I really do feel that. I mean, they, they had the the COVID relief package, which I might add was going to happen anyway. I mean, this was something. That, I mean, Trump actually uh, offered two thousand dollars more, I believe, to the the relief package, the COVID relief package. What substantial packages have passed since then? I mean that they're all that uh, they're all cut up or, or dying a death on the doorstep of Congress. With, I mean they 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 promise unity. They can't even get. Uh, I mean they have technically they have uh, a majority with Kamala Harris as as vice president vote pushing to fifty one, but they haven't managed to pass any substantive legislation that uh, that wasn't already backed by Republicans. I, I, I don't think that uh, progressives are happy with, with what's happened. I mean, just look at Biden. The, the re- what, what would Biden, you know, Biden is doing what Biden can do for the most part, I think. Uh, and so that's Walk where I think. Walk and chew gum, barely. What's that? Walk and chew gum, barely. <laughs> okay, thanks, panel. We'll break away for a moment, then return to discuss the greatest strength of the Democrats' agenda the skunk at the Democrats' garden party. Joe Manchin. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Stay ahead of the curve with LibertyNation.com. With one click, you get tomorrow's news today with LNTV's hot topics and analysis, Liberty Nation Radio, the Uprising and Rabbit Hole podcasts, and dozens of insightful original articles. And now you can keep your kids ahead of the curve with LNGenZ.com. LNGenZ brings a free-thinking education right into your home for students of every grade level with articles, videos, worksheets, and ready-to-go curriculum. While the media establishment giants are sleeping, you can stay ahead of the curve with LibertyNation.com and get tomorrow's news today. LibertyNation.com that all men are entitled to blessings of liberty. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Democrats headed for the ditch. 
Why has the left and the Democratic Party been unable to exploit their control of the White House in both branches of Congress? And what does this mean for Republicans and conservatives? We're back with our B&B panel, best and brightest from LibertyNation.com. Lisa K. Donner, Mark Angelides, and Scott Cosenza. No discussion of the Democrats' agenda and their ability to achieve the objectives they've shouted about from the rooftops would be complete without the inclusion of one Joe Manchin, moderate, mild-mannered, Democratic senator from West Virginia who has vowed to vote against virtually all of the left's most precious projects, from the so-called Voting Rights Act to trashing the filibuster, and turned himself into the skunk at the Democrats' garden party. Mark, what kind of pressure must there be on Joe Manchin as the singular figure blocking almost all of his own party's most significant initiatives? He doesn't seem to have backed down, but can he take the relentless heat he's under without ultimately caving? This is very much a do or die maneuver for Joe Manchin. He, uh, Obviously, we, we know his situation in West Virginia. He's uh, he, he's elected am, amongst a, a group of people who are at least nominally conservative. That they, they uh, they're very the, the the as a whole the, the population is very Trumpist. Um, and, and for him to survive now, I'm not saying that that he's doing it to survive politically, but he has to sort of be a, a bulwark against uh, very left-leaning policies. Now, I think that Joe Manchin is, it's just my opinion, but I think he's quite a, a decent straight-up guy. He's very left-leaning in many of his uh, positions, but he doesn't want to make uh, more ideological choices for the state of the nation. Now, whether that's a, a personal opinion or a political opinion, he he doesn't want to push the nation to one ideological extreme or the other. Now, we remember what happened with John McCain, who was once popular enough to receive the, the party nomination for president. What happened to John McCain? He was the, he was the irregular nail that had to be hammered down. Um, yes. Now, whether you, yeah, whether you agree with John McCain or not, um, he, he was the, the one sticking point now, Manchin is about to become that. So, Lisa, I'm wondering if Joe Manchin is providing cover for many other Democrats who are equally squeamish about their party's radical notions, but don't want to say so publicly. You know, I'm glad you brought this up because, I mean, what are the Dems doing by pounding away on Manchin? Do they think it's going to make him buckle? I I mean, I don't think so. Uh, And they're there's a chance that all this pressure may make run him out of the Democratic Party. I mean, this isn't Manchin's first rodeo. He's been around for a while. He knows who he represents. And, and one would think the Dems would try to catch him with a little more honey than vinegar. Uh, you know, we've been watching a documentary about LBJ. He was a master at con- cajoling and getting people to vote his way in terms of of uh, Manchin being holed up in the Senate. There's only Chris, Kristen Cinema of Arizona, right? I don't see a lot of others that are ready to join this fray. That's true. Now, re- you know, go ahead. It's funny you should uh, talk about how long you can put up with that kind of thing, because 
I mean, the, the odds of him turning independent and joining uh, Angus King and Bernie Sanders as independents is, is slim to none. But in West Virginia, he could go Republican. But I think that would only ever happen under, I, I guess, two specific circumstances. One, somebody like Tim Scott, uh, if he became uh, the driving force of the Republican Party. If Tim Scott, for example, became the leader, especially with all the work he's doing on police reform now, he seems to be the, the, the lead Republican in terms of police reform. I think, you know, if Manchin couldn't handle what was happening in the Democratic Party, and, and I do believe that he's swallowing a bitter pill every morning, um, if somebody like Tim Scott became the front runner, the leader of the Republican Party, whether presidential or not, that could uh, at least push his decisions more one way than the other, other than actually joining the party. But we have seen defections from party to party. We've seen it in New York mayoral races. We've seen it all over the country. Uh, it's a long shot, but uh, it, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Republicans are likely preparing a very attractive proposal for Joe Manchin to leave the Democratic Party and become a Republican, including uh, prime committee assignments. Those are the kind of things that are often used to entice people to change parties. But, you know, Scott, it's, it would be a debutante ball for him if he switched. Yes, it would. That's a good way to put it. Now, Scott. It's kind of hard to process the thought, but for single-handedly blocking legislation that would fundamentally transform the nature of this country, is it too bold to call Joe Manchin, assuming he stays his current course, the savior of the republic? In a word, yes, it is far too bold to call Joe Manchin. <laughs> The savior of the republic. That was not a yes and no or no answer, <laughs> the, but fine. To, to, the, to the previous question, uh, I would just say I'd love to be a fly on a wall when that presentation is made to Manchin, the wheeling and dealing. Like, I don't want this committee assignment. I want that one. Who's going to fly in to help me in this district for the, the retail campaigning? That sort of proposal language interests me greatly from the, uh, from the political angle. Manchin is safe till 2024. That that's the reality. He can he can do whatever the hell he likes for the 2022 midterm, Scott. So to the savior point, Tim, I think that if he's a savior of anybody, he's going to be a savior of the Democratic Party and perhaps so many seats in Congress where if he stops the most radical and off putting legislation for most Americans. And I'm not talking about people who are you know, red or blue in terms of their bones, just, you know, the, 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 broad, the broad swath of the middle, if he stops some of the worst of it for, for them, then I think the Democrats will actually benefit uh, from it. Okay. Thank you, panel. Lisa, Scott, Mark. Quick break, and then we're back to discuss the Trump factor in the Biden presidency. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Far more important than my political future and far more important than yours, the well-being of our country. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Democrats had won the trifecta, the triple crown, but now the best laid plans of mice and progressives. 
appear to be headed to a not-so-distant ditch. What might this have to do with Donald Trump? Well, we know that no discussion of the 46th president would be complete without bringing the 45th president into it. And we're back to examine the Trump factor in the Biden presidency with our B&B panel from LibertyNation.com, Editor-in-Chief Lisa K. Donner, Managing Editor Mark Angelides, and Legal Affairs Editor and host of the Uprising podcast, Scott Cosenza. So, Scott, Biden famously vanquished Trump by essentially doing and saying nothing, being just not Donald Trump. Don't just do something, stand there. How long is that singular element, not Trump, likely to carry Joe Biden in his presidency? It will last until the big box mainstream legacy media decides that it, it wants to turn its attention elsewhere. Uh, I think we've seen it flagging a little bit this week, as a matter of fact, with the announcement of Kamala Harris's issues. Uh, the White House seems to have thrown her under the bus and the press seems to be uh, interested in that story as a critical story about the Biden-Harris administration. Uh, I think that to the extent that Donald Trump signals that he's not going to re-enter uh, the, uh, to be a candidate for president, the press will be more likely to turn their guns, their, their sort of critical uh, skills towards the Biden administration. He'll lose that shine. But if Trump more likely indicates that he's going to run, then we'll just see Joe Biden once again, not being Donald Trump uh, to be his sterling uh, asset. So, Mark, how much of Joe Biden's agenda is his own? And how much is simply distinguishing himself from Donald Trump at all costs? Tim, uh, I, I've got to say that in terms of Joe Biden's agenda, I, I would say he does not have an agenda himself. I, I think it's more a case that Joe Biden was uh, bargained and horse traded his way into a position, not through him, but through the, the sheer unlikability, the unelectability of those people who were racing against him in the primaries, they, they were so unpopular. I mean, look at his vice president, Kamala Harris. She she had to drop out so early in the race because nobody liked her. Um, but this was the problem with so many progressive candidates. I mean, we, we've seen it in the, the New Jersey and the, the Virginia gubernatorial primaries, People don't want the progressive candidates. So um, essentially, they, they revert back to let's elect the old white guy. We don't want the, the progressives, the hard left people. Uh, and th th we've seen that in practice, in reality, we've seen that. So when we say how much of Biden's agenda, I don't think that there's so much of Biden's agenda. I think he was the right person compared to the far left extremists that were surrounding him. I don't think he ha really has an agenda as such. He, he has, let's continue the Obama administration for another four years. One of Obama's first promises, he was going to shut down Guantanamo Bay. Do you remember that? Yes, for sure. hundred percent. Decades ago. Within the first hundred days. Right. Yeah. Well, apparently Joe Biden now has a plan for that. Yeah, it's very I know, Elizabeth I know. Warren. The, the border is a disaster. 
the economic situation is a disaster. He's going to have to revert to what Donald Trump did at some point. Otherwise, it's just a downward spiral for his presidency. Why do you say that the economy is a disaster? Well, look at the recent figures, Tim. We, we have inflation. We have cost increases, 5%. I believe at time of recording, it's 5% cost increase on most things. We've seen uh, him shut down the, the, the Keystone XL pipeline, which has now, the Canadian company that uh, was backing that has now pulled out, I believe it's JS Energy, that they've now pulled out because Joe Biden in his first 100 days, decided that, well, we're not going to renew the permits for this. So they pulled out. Now, just remember, only uh, in May, May 7th, we had the, the colonial pipeline shut down. So, and, and gas prices went through the roof. You know, shortages across mm -hmm. the board. These decisions are detrimental to to everything that's happening. I, I'm, I'm smiling here. You, you might notice this. And that's not because I... I I'm uh, expressing schadenfreude, but it's because uh, I, I'm aghast at the poor quality decisions that are happening from the Biden administration. Okay, Lisa, when does the Trump statute of limitations run out? And that's a two-part question. When does Biden's ability to blame Trump for every problem as with the border run out? And when does his ability to take credit for what Trump did, as with vaccines and the economy, expire? Ding, 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 ding. Time's up. I mean, uh, uh, we're five months in or or in Joe Biden speak, we're 15 months in, uh, you know, <laughs> five and a half hours. So whatever you would think that uh, time's up on blaming the last guy in power. But, you know, I suppose it has a lot to do with what is getting done currently, you know, so that people have something to look forward to. Obama took the full eight years to blame Bush for everything, right? Did he ever stop? I think I think on on Trump's inaugural day that <laughs> that Obama didn't actually blame Bush for well, anything. We're not even in, we're not even in eight months yet for uh, for uh, Biden. Got a long way to go for blaming true. the guy, right? right but when Nikita Khrushchev took over from Stalin, there's a story that uh, he uh, the the administration they said, well, there's a, a desk with some notes in it that you should read. And so Khrushchev he got there and he read the opening note and it said. In here are two letters. If you get into trouble, open the first letter. The second time you get into trouble, open the second letter, and, and we'll have the solutions for you. So anyway, a few years go by, and Khrushchev here, he gets into a lot of trouble. And so he opens the first letter, and Stalin had written to him. He says, blame it all on me. And so he goes, all right. And so he blamed it all on Stalin, and everything went very well for him. And then a little while later, he got into trouble again. <clears throat> And so he thought, well, and now it's time to use the second letter. So he pulled it out of the drawer and Stan had written, write two letters. <laughs> Pass the buck. I'm just going to finish my point. I think the best way to start focusing on the last guy is to get something done. And that seems to be the sticking point here. I mean, where are all the reforms that Biden has promised? Where's the peace? Where's the unity? Where's the healing? Where are the people singing Kumbaya? You know, when people are waiting in gas lines, paying more at the pumps, more at the grocery store, and there's more crime in their neighborhood, 
Well, those are real things that affect Americans. And they, these are things that they have traditionally voted on. So I don't think the Biden administration is going to have to have more. I, I think they're going to have to have more than just I'm not Trump by the midterms. Lisa, let me ask you a question sort of going forward to 2022 and 24. Will the left, do you think, ever pay a price for what I called in an LN article, America's summer of shame in 2020, when they stood by and did nothing as America burned? You know, Tim, as you really look at it, Portland is still burning. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think we will be revisiting last summer because, after all, the party that ignored it is holding the reins of power. You know, but I do think there's a lingering concern about a spike in crime. The Tony community of Buckhead in Atlanta. Great word, Tony. Yeah, they're looking into getting their own police force. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that happening. People in gated communities aren't the one worrying about the crime as much, you know, as as the folks in the urban communities. And um, so I, I think all this police reform business and defund the police is really going to hurt the poor people in the urban areas. That's 100 percent certain. The worst affected people are going to get it the worst. It's true with inflation. It's true across the board with so many of the negative consequences of the policy choices of this administration. It's the it's a cruel irony. It's literally the exact opposite of what they portray. No police doesn't hurt rich people in rich neighborhoods. They'll figure it out. It hurts the poorest of people who have nowhere to turn, uh, you know, when their security is threatened. Okay, thanks, panel. We'll take a quick break, then come back and ask our panelists to pose as active Democrats and explain what they think must be done to assure the success of President Biden and the Democrat-controlled Congress. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Democrats headed for the ditch. Why has the left and the Democratic Party been unable to exploit their control of the White House and both branches of Congress? And what does this mean for Republicans and conservatives? We're back for one more shot with our B&B panel, the best and brightest from LibertyNation.com, Lisa K. Donner, Mark Angelides, and Scott Cosenza. So now I'm going to ask each of you to put yourself in the position of a Democrat. You've got control of the White House and Congress, and you're looking at this seemingly golden opportunity to check things off your wish list. But you see the Republicans refuse to give an inch, and defectors in your own ranks, like Joe Manchin, stalling the left-wing agenda. What to do if you're a Democrat voter or a Democrat office holder? So, Mark, how important... Would it be to you as someone who voted against Trump to have Joe Biden reverse essentially all of Trump's executive orders and policies, including those regarding the southern border? It depends on my level of TDS, my my level of Trump derangement syndrome. I'll I'll try and answer as TDS uh, meter. (laughs) <laughs> the TDS meter, not like the the macro meter for Terry McAuliffe, who's yes. just won the uh, which you wrote the, about so eloquently. 
Um, so for me, if I were uh, a Democrat voting for those things, th these are very hard words to get out, Tim. I've got to, I've got to be fair. They're very hard words to get out. But in terms of what would I remove from Trump's agenda, uh, if I were a sane Democrat, as I'm sure the majority are, uh, I would be more interested in which uh, purposeful elements of legislation that could be withdrawn. If I were a Trump deranged syndrome person, which tend to get the media spotlights, that tend to get the, the guest spots on uh, the MSN, CBC, ABC, etc., um, I would say that I've got to destroy everything that Trump ever did, despite, uh, as we know, the border efforts worked. We've seen 180,000 in May, um, which is a massive increase. Uh, we've seen the, the, the economy taking hit after hit. Okay, so Scott, what would be the one initiative you would place at the top of the agenda, the single thing that needs to get done either because it's most important or most realistic, if you put yourself in the position of a Democratic voter? Well, I've been a registered Democrat in my life. Uh, I've been a registered Republican. I've been a registered Libertarian and a registered Independent. So I have no problem. You're very open-minded. Well, we I'm said that about you, Scott. Yeah. Time, time to grow up and make up your mind. <laughs> I am promiscuous with my party registration, and I have made up my mind, Lisa. The, what, the reason why those switches, they don't indicate a switch in my ideology or mindset. It's just I have this chaotic belief that I might actually make a difference in voting in some primary. So in order to vote for one candidate or against another, I might switch my party registration. So uh, with that in mind, I think that the one issue, Tim, and I don't know that it's solvable at all. I, I suggest it's probably not solvable, but they could really do some good if they actually tried to make an effort at the border in a meaningful way. So uh, I don't know what that means in terms of getting those kids out of the, the Obama cages. Uh, but I think if they did and then actually had real photo ops at the border with some amelioration of those horrible conditions, that would help. I see uh, from time to time, I watch the Jimmy Dore program. He's a progressive Democrat who attacks them from the left. And I see a lot of attacks coming from the left on this immigration thing. And I think that's why the White House actually let Kamala take a bunch of heat on it this week because they want to shift it away from from Biden. So if that's where so much heat is, they can cool it down uh, by doing something uh, to help the situation. OK, now, Lisa, you have been a Democrat in the past, didn't change your registration or anything. So I can ask you coming from a Democratic perspective, putting yourself in the position of being a Democrat, how would you rate Joe Biden's performance over his first almost five months in office? Well, I guess I would have to say that not being Trump counts for a lot if if I'm a Democrat, you know, uh, I think the folks that voted for Biden may have felt some initial relief. You know, the frenetic pace of Trump, the rancor between the media and the president, mm -hmm. the daily, um, you know, battle. But again, you know, Joe Biden, I I'm starting to feel 
if I had voted for him, if I was a Democrat, it's time to like move forward, get a little something done, some sort of legislation. Uh, you know, you don't go down as a great president, as a great placeholder. Uh, most of what presidents are remembered for are the pieces of legislation that got passed, not for the number of executive orders they, they put a pen to. Again, LBJ you had civil rights legislation, Reagan and Trump, you had tax cuts. Obama, like it or not, you have Obamacare. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Joe there's a Biden. Story of, uh, there's a story of LBJ going to the hospital or something like that. He had like an incident that turned out to be not much. And he comes back to the White House and the aides and, and so forth are all gathered around for his, his return just because the way he, he left. And he says, what's everybody standing around for? Let's pass some legislation. And of course, LBJ passed more legislation, I believe, than any president in American history. So in terms of volume of legislation, LBJ would 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 be near, if not at the head of the list. But the amount of legislation coming out of this Democratic uh, majority in the Congress is very little. I'm wondering and I'm going to throw this open to any of you who care to answer if the Democrats, since they hold control of both houses of Congress and the White House, they're going to take credit or get blamed for everything that happened between January of this year and November of next year. Is that an advantageous position for them? Or is that something that they might say, well, maybe it would have been better if the if the Republicans actually won the Senate, because at least we could blame them for blocking things. Tim, they, they will already be blaming the Republicans for every failure because the cozy media cartel, or as Jeff Charles, an author at LibertyNation.com calls them, the activist media are, are pushing that anyway. Every failure is a Republican fault. Every success is a, is a Democrat only win there's there's no way in the it's like this when you read the story about the legislator or the politician gone wrong you know that they're a democrat because they don't mention the party affiliation uh in the top of the story or the headline right and if it says if it's a if it's a republican it could be a dog catcher but you'll read about a republican elected yes. official does such and such for sure i, I think it's, it really is time for joe biden and company to put up or shut up if they're going to get something done they, they got to do it soon because 2022 is just around the corner. Okay. Thank you, panel. Lisa K. Donner, Mark Angelides, and Scott Cosenza from LibertyNation.com. And we hope you found our B&B &B panel, the best and brightest, as lively and informative as we found it enjoyable. This program, Liberty Nation Radio and LibertyNation.com's own podcasts, The Uprising, hosted by Scott, and The Rabbit Hole, Politics and Prose with Mark Angelides, all available on demand at LibertyNation.com and from fine podcast providers everywhere. So that is it for this week, but we will be back at you next week. Same time, same station. Till then, this is Tim Donner saying stand up for liberty. And we'll see you next time on Liberty Nation Radio. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.